Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Howdy. And with us is Forrest again this week. Hola. Hey, man. I watched you play. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. I watched you play in its entirety, Sayonara <laughs> Wild Heart. Well, no, I fell asleep in the middle. I took a nap. Yeah. I really needed it. I was really tired. I could tell. But <laughs> you calmed I, down. Wait, were you playing it on your phone? No, he, no, it was on the Switch. He played it on the Switch uh, on the TV. Um, my Switch, his TV. Yes, the beauty of the Nintendo Switch and portability with the docks and everything, you know. Except unless it's the Switch Lite. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I guess it's still portable. It's still portable, but it is not, you know, TV. Not TV portable. Yeah. It's not TV. It's yeah. not TV. It's HBO. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's, I am in a weird mood because I, we have been playing Borderlands and my humor has been inundated by this game. <laughs> oh, so no. it's been moved to a lower quality tier of humor, which is fine Eef. with me. That's not great. Because I'm easier to please right now. <laughs> so it's <laughs> something like that will make me laugh. Um, but I I'm want to talk about this game that I've been playing, guys, through the wonderful service that I'm trying for free. That's why I think it's wonderful right now. Uh, Apple Arcade. I think we, we talked about Apple Arcade before and how maybe it didn't seem like it was going to be anything. But Apple offers it for the first month if you want to try it for free. And so I figured, why not? I want to play Sayonara Wild Hearts. So that's easy. It's an easy choice because it's going to be free through that. And mm-hmm. also another Nintendo indie game, that was, or a Nindy, that was shown in one of the directs, What the Golf, is also on it. Really? Yeah. And so I let me tell that. you what. Um, what the Golf is made for mobile phones. I don't know. I think that this would be good on the Switch, but the way you control the game is you just kind of pull, kind of like an Angry mm-hmm. Birds sort of thing. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Uh, you pull and then let go. And so it's it almost just is made for the phone. It works perfectly. Yeah. There's no other input. So I am glad that I'm playing it through the Apple Arcade. Um, I'm also trying, I haven't started Sayonara Wild Hearts, um, but I'm also trying Exit the Gungeon, which I am not huge on. And I do not like it anywhere near as much as Enter the Gungeon. Hmm. But Is it the sequel or something? Yeah, it's... Is it Enter the Gungeon, but in reverse? <laughs> no, it's actually <laughs> like a, a jumping game. Like a doodle jump kind of but you control oh. where you jump it's a weird it's a weird game okay not a huge fan those are normally called platformers <laughs> yeah it's like a... mario was a famous one yeah yeah exactly it's a platformer but i want to talk about what the golf because the game is wholly about subverting expectations and it's one of my favorite things about it as you saw in the trailer like the guy is hitting the golf ball in one of the levels, but in the next one you pull back and let go and the guy flies in the air instead of the golf ball. And the... <laughs> got him. Yeah, got him. 
And the game wasn't expecting that. is full of these weird little challenges that are just insane. And then, to top it off, they also have these stupid puns at the end of the levels. Good. So, like, oh, it's the best. So, one of the levels, you're controlling this little fat thing, like it's a blob with a smiley face on it, through what looks like World 1-1, and... You finish okay. it, you hit the flag, because the goal is to hit the flag, yeah. and it looks like a golf flag. And the, the pun at the end is like, it's a me. And then the next one was like, Golfario. And I'm like, what? <laughs> this is so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but, I, I can dig uh, it. But it like... Yeah. It sounds it, fun. It It's really funny. Um, <clears throat> like, one of them is like a kind of flappy bird ripoff and it says like flappy crappy at the end mm-hmm. it's weird there's it is a very strange game but it is also very very good and what's awesome about it is each of the levels you you do you can do them once and just get the progression you can do them three times which the first one is just a normal get to the goal the second one is usually more of a challenge and the third one is where the absurdism kicks in. And you can do them three times, and then you unlock an item for your museum. And so I'm going through and making I do them all when I hit them. Yeah. So it's a very good game. I have spent, from what the app tells me, four hours playing it already since I downloaded it yesterday. And I am only... Maybe it's, I think I'm like 30 levels in out of 100. So that's a lot of game. That's meaty. Yeah. There's a lot of game there. So I'm really enjoying that. It's, I recommend buying it on whatever platform you can if you don't want to, you know, buy into Apple Arcade or anything, even though it's free for the first month. Some people are averse to that kind of thing. You know, get this game on whatever you can. I can't say it's certified yet, but it's, you know, it's it's a fun game. And one of the best things about Apple Arcade, in case, you know, one of the things that's easy to hate about mobile games is ads. It's ads and microtransactions. And nothing on this service is going to have ads or microtransactions. Because that's what Apple, Apple doesn't want that for the service. They yeah, don't, that's kind of the whole... Uh draw to it right they are meant to i've be read a- i i've read a multiple articles about the games in it that there are a ton of games where you get to points where it feels like you would come up against like a microtransaction wall but instead you just get, get to keep playing yeah which is great it's it's so weird because in my head i am used to finishing a level in something and then waiting like 30 seconds for an ad to just be done yeah yeah. So like it's weird and what the golf when I finish something you're straight on. I am just thing. put into the next thing. Yeah. It's weird cuz it's like how games work. <laughs> like it's it's this weird revelation. Whoa. Like whoa. <laughs> that's how games work. Who would have thought translating a video game experience from consoles to mobile devices should be kept relatively the same. So, yeah. Nah. It's <laughs> it's it's good. I'm sure that there's there's this cat RPG on there that I think Seth would really like. I was reading about it today. It's called like Cat Quest 2 or something. And mm-hmm. it, it's a cat RPG, which just sounds like it's 
obsess Sally because he likes cats. I do like cats. And and RPGs. Exactly. Um, and the art looks cool for it. So, uh, Does it have turn-based battles? I don't know anything past it's a cat RPG, RPG. and the art looks cool. <laughs> so, Does it have the ability for me to lose uh, six hours of gameplay if I get in, into a battle and die? I doubt that because it's a mobile game. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> I mean, I know that's that's, that's one of your favorite of things. Oh, you would think it's not, but he's done it so many times. It's easily his favorite <laughs> part. It has to be. He's done it to yeah, himself. Otherwise, why would I keep doing <laughs> yeah. it? So, yeah. Uh, and that I've been, I've been playing Borderlands 3 uh, with Seth. And I've started Astral Chain, but I don't have enough experience in it to talk about it yet. Because I can tell that it's a very weird game, and I'm going to need to get used to it before I say anything about it. You're going to have to play a fair amount of that game to get a solid idea. Oh, yeah. No, I can (laughs) tell. Uh, The controls in that game are weird. Um, But I want to talk about Borderlands 3 because me and Seth had an interesting conversation yesterday while playing it, and I feel like it warrants talking about on the show because we didn't fully flesh it out while we were talking about it. And it's that this game has been reviewed by so many people already. And most of the reviews I've read have said that the reviewers played like 25, 30, 35 hours. I looked at the time today on my save file, which I'm assuming is almost exactly the same as Seth's because we've Mm -hmm. played the game together. So there's... No way that he has played more than me unless he's played by himself. Which I have not. So we are now, including today, at about 26 hours. And yep. the game tells us we are maybe 70% of the way through it. Jeez. And I'm wondering how much of the side missions did these people skip? <laughs> and how much extra stuff in the game did they not explore? Yeah. And it's frustrating because, in my opinion, where this game is shining is in the side missions and the extra stuff. Yeah. So, Seth, if you want to, like, I, 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 me and Seth also some, both of, some of the lowest parts are probably also in the side missions, though. Some of the lowest parts, you said? Yeah. Just because um, the side missions generally, like, they introduce their own characters and they have these sort of tangential storylines um which are sometimes very good and a, a lot of times very cringy as is uh the case with a lot of this game but yeah it's really weird because like you said side side quests are kind of they're not the meat of the game but they're about like I don't know. I, it's hard to say that we spent the most time on the side quest, but I think that might be true. Oh, it has to be. We've we've done everything. Like finding the radio stations, finding the claptraps, which I even feel like we need to go back and check to make sure we've gotten all of those on the other planets. Because I don't think we have. We weren't as thorough with those early on. Um, I'm pretty sure that we've gotten... <laughs> As many as we can up to this point. So, but yeah, it's just it's it's certainly it's a strange thing 
um, in a game like this to say that your playthrough maxed out at that amount. And but I also understand the the necessity of that for reviewers. Like they they have a limited amount of time to get through this content to be able to talk about it. Um, and so their focus will probably tend to be on the um, just the story content. Um, yeah. But it is weird, like, in a game that is so much about, like, not only the side quest, but grinding. Like, that's not to say it is a game where you grind a lot in, but, like, the whole purpose of playing late in the game is to like go refight bosses to get let to get the legendary weapons that you want and and use those and there's this whole like post game challenge system basically to um increase the difficulty and and better the loot that you get and there's also um like the optional um battle arenas and like the the whatever I know there are two. There are two other outside of the campaign. There's this circle of slaughter, which puts you against up against wave a bunch of waves of enemies, and then there's this this other mode that lets you like go through um, these limited um, kind of like dungeons, basically with the boss at the end. Uh, and those are more ways to to collect loot. So it seems Borderlands has always been a game sort of predicated on playing through its content multiple times so it's interesting um that it, it's interesting to, to put out a review wherein you have not done any of that um <laughs> but it's also like i don't know or at least barely scratched the surface of it yeah. like they yeah that's that's part of my confusion is I feel like we haven't even gotten a full grasp of what the game is has in like in the in the term of extras and we're only 25 hours in. We're not and it's not like we're playing slow, mind you. We're just getting everything as we go. Yeah. And and there's like the entire there's an entire area of Promethea that we found that was not a main quest, and it was an entire area, and it was just all side quests. Jeez, that was probably yeah. at least like four or five hours of gameplay, and it was all yeah, side for quests. Sure. Yeah, we spent a, a good chunk, and so that's like something that, um, at least in the course of the review, a lot of reviewers. Um, will not have experience at all. Now, I'm sure a lot of these people will go out like after the fact and when they have time to play it casually and, and do this other stuff. Um, but it's interesting because a lot of the reviews have talked about like the way you... like They seem to play it of getting with the mindset of getting through the story and then going back and, doing, and finishing up side quests after that, um, which is just sort of the opposite i guess of the way that we are playing and the way i have played previous borderlands games um i actually it was weird i jumped on with some of my friends who were playing and i guess because of the circumstances that they are playing in they only do 
the story missions when they're together as a group and I assume do the side missions separately on their own time. Hmm. Um, but it was just, it was strange because like there were all these side missions that they had not even picked up. And I was like, Are you, do you guys do any of these? And they're like, no, we, we're only doing the story. It also led them to be uh, um, under leveled to the story, to the point of the story they were at. Um, whereas we, when we got to that point, were pretty much like three and three or four levels above the enemies that we were fighting. Yeah, right now we're we're even pretty over leveled for where we're at. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's just weird to me, and I it brings in the nature of game reviews because. And I think as an industry, it's kind of game reviews have always ended up being a topic on some level. I just, I don't know how responsible it is to throw a score on something when you maybe haven't fully explored something the way you should. And I think that, like, we, I mean, as a, as a gaming community, we're kind of getting away from scores a little bit some publications are but there's still a lot out there that are like well this game's an eight and then they're like i played it for 25 hours i'm like well you missed 15 hours of game yeah well <laughs> yeah like there's there's more game there yeah that yeah that could have affected your score and you're not going to go back and update the score no. like no but i don't i also don't think I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with not experiencing the whole game um, because, especially in a game like Borderlands, it's just, it is, for the most part, the side stuff is more of the same. Um, And you, like, we haven't, that whole electricity area that that we went in, which is the one you were mentioning before, like, it was... It was an interesting, like, little self-contained area, but it wasn't, like, this drastically different thing than the rest of the main game had been. Um, It had a little bit of a different look to it, um, and it was structured a little differently. Uh, Like, it had a unique kind of map compared to the rest of of the, the world that we had been in, but... I don't think it drastically altered our experience of the game by having gone and doing that. So, um, that's because that's one of the things. Like I, I said earlier, the sort of what you Borderlands games are designed for you to redo stuff over and over. Um, but in the end, that is you doing the what amounts to the same stuff, um, and so. If you cut out like a third of all the stuff that is exactly the same, you're still sort of, you're still basically experiencing the same thing. Um, so I don't think it's an issue. I don't, like I don't know that any reviewers who had uh, who had scored this game, I don't know that it would have been any higher or lower for that fact, for that matter. Um, of them doing like I don't know these extra ten to twelve hours of side content that is essentially more of the main game yeah i can i can see what you're saying i just i i guess i just worry about some of the stuff they in my head i just think of the side quests that i really liked and i wonder if they like miss that 
You know what I mean? Like the sure because the the one side quest, at least I can think of, that I loved recently was the one that we did with the the monkey. I, I yeah, the monkey, monkey the the sentient monkey and dinosaur yeah. fighting each other like that. That was it was weird and really fun and ended up being a lot longer and more in depth than we expected. And I mean, yeah, that was um, that was fun and it was probably one of the more humorous parts of the game that we have encountered. Um, so I agree there could there could be moments like you're you're missing you could miss high points in the game um, by not actively seeking out this stuff um but i feel like the very good side quests probably balance out with the dud side quests um to sort of uh i i think just playing the main story would probably um it it probably would be close to the what the average is like um for 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 a person who played all the side quests um, and yeah. had good ones and bad ones. Um, so I'm not, I understand your point. I am not like, I guess, I guess I'm just so stuck on it because in my opinion, I don't, I'm not saying that the main story is bad, but I do think that the main story is where a lot of the cringe is. If that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I think they they sort of focus their efforts more on the main story for better and worse. Yeah. So there's a lot of cringe and uncomfortableness in the main story. And I feel like a lot of the genuine levity and the genuine good moments we've more so experienced in the side quests than the main quest. Yeah. But I mean, what is that? I feel like if that is the case, that reflects poorly on the game though yes no i i agree with you um so strangely in that case to just play the main game would probably lead to a more um complimentary review if you had not played the parts of the game that were better uh um so that i don't know um but i agree like it is it's a weird situation with this game specifically because there's also a lot of other weird stuff going on with the um the reviews around it and the way people are reacting to those reviews uh because there seems to be like there's a sort of split down the middle of the reviewers who are praising it for being um borderlands and those who are criticizing it for just being more borderlands yeah um (laughs) it's a man it's a weird dichotomy yeah and i don't and it's i don't think that would be the case had it not been like what eight years since the the previous game came out um like if borderlands 2 came out two years ago and then we got this follow-up it would probably be like um i think it would probably be majority praise of what of of the stuff in the story yeah uh because like it does it does improve on the borderlands formula um but it can be hard to see that stuff because it is also so familiar to the borderlands formula and it seems to uh notch up some of the more unfortunate parts of it uh a couple levels um so i don't know there's it's it's strange i kotaku had a really good um um 
review that I read the other day uh, that did a, it, it did a good job of, um, for me at least, sort of uh, vocalizing my issues with the the kind of tone of the game because, like, it's sort of it's weird because the developers sort of present this game as a comedy, um, but the game itself doesn't. Like the game takes what's happening in the story, like on its face. Basically, it it what all the stuff that is happening, it the characters react to it as if it's a serious thing, uh, and not as if it's a funny thing. Right. Um, and even the 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 villains, the stuff that they're doing, which would like which a comedy would consider funny, actually. Um, in a where when people are taking things seriously, it it comes off as like malevolent. It's weird because there's this there's some like disconnect between what the game is telling us it is and what the people who make the game and like the community of people who play the game are telling us what it is. Um, and to add and to add on to that, the jokes that they make are like. It seems like they're jokes from like four years ago, which is weird. Uh, and I guess was the case with Borderlands too. And maybe that has that, that is sort of a product of the extended development period that that might just have been when they were when they finalized the script for it was a long time ago uh, in in internet time. And that so so that's just it's sort of strange. I I mean I guess it kind of makes you. It's it's hard for me to say like like bring complain about it because we're going through this game and the environments are genuinely massive. And so like yeah. every time I'm like man, why did this not come out sooner? It's kind of ridiculous, you know, that it came out this took 8 years to come out. But when we're going to different planets and every time we go to a map we're like this is going to take us like five to six hours to get through. This is huge. Like the, the environments are massive and pretty well detailed. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. This is a weird game. Yeah. That's caused a lot of interesting conversation. Yeah. I, I wonder what my experience would be with it. If I was playing solo, um, because, as we know, like you and I can play any terrible game together and sort of if if there is genuine co-op, we can have fun with it. Yeah. Uh I of course refer to Far Cry 5. Um <laughs> yeah. So I wonder like what my um my experience would be, like how I how I would react to some of the the stuff that is happening in the game. Um I don't know. It's it's a curious game for sure. Um, and I, and it's, I think that's, that seems to be the, the general sentiment, uh, um, among the, the critics is that this game operates in this weird space between good and bad. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know that I have an answer to that question of what, of which of those it actually is. Well, we haven't beat it yet, so we don't have yeah. to certify it or not. That's true. Um, I do. I I want to really save my judgment for the spoiler cast for Gears Five. 
because I, I am going to try to uh, urge Chris to beat it so me and him can do a spoiler cast or maybe me and your brother Zach uh, can talk about it. I for sure will not be a part of that. Yeah, <laughs> because you won't play it, um, which is honestly fine. Um, but I don't want to go too much into my opinion on it. I do think it is, if you like other Gears games, that's certified. I don't think that this is the game that's going to hook you if you are not a Gears fan, though. So. Hmm. And see that it's the same issue with Borderlands. Yeah, I mean, it's the... I don't think I don't think a game should be able to stand up based on the success and the popularity of its predecessors. But it's hard when that game is in a franchise. Yeah, I understand that. Um, but. I don't know. I feel like saying if you like Borderlands, you'll like this game is damning with faint praise, basically. Like you're you're saying it's not a good game without saying it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I see what you're saying. I can I can I'm i I'm more saying for Gears of War the story. The you won't you won't get necessarily joy out of it because you won't understand what's going on. Well sure. Yeah. I mean that's gonna happen with any sequel. Yeah. Especially in video games where everything is as convoluted as it possibly can be. Yes. Yeah. Uh, including uh, with Hideo Kojima. In <laughs> just one video game. So, but I, I do want to talk real quick to Forrest. I feel like we stole so much time, but no, uh, Forrest, what have you played besides, you did tell me you played more Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah, so... Being did you did you unlock Eric yet? I have not. Uh, I just I, got I remembered to, his name. I just got to the uh, Kingdom City of um. Uh, yeah. Starts with a B. I'm not. I think it starts with a B. I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but I I have been playing more of that. Um, I think I've changed my mindset on it. At least I'm enjoying it more now. Nice. Yes, which is which is a good thing because I find it very difficult to motivate myself through JRPGs, especially ones that have that specific combat uh, style of turn-based combat. I, but I just, I I find myself having more fun with it. And also I feel like I'm convincing myself to not get so roped down in like exploring every nook and cranny of the game, but instead just, Playing it. Probably playing. smart, because the game is gigantic. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, just playing it, just fighting Though, monsters. Though, I stuff. will say, also, it is um, sneakily small. Really? Well, it's just the the way that the... I talked about this when I was playing Dragon Quest. The way the world is structured is that you go through it and then it sends you back through it like in reverse basically gotcha um it it sort of pulls the the rpg trope of like you you explore the whole world and then like this big cataclysm hits and it sort of changes all the places that you've been and so you have to go back through them all right and then the and then it does it a third time. <laughs> oh, um, I didn't, th- and that's part of the game that I never actually played. <laughs> he he gotcha. quit after that. Okay. He's well, like, I thought it's weird because the game, uh, you get you f- defeat the final boss and the credits roll, and you're like, okay, that's the end of the game. And then there is like this post game quest that you go on, but it turns out 
it's not optional to the story um like the end of it is the real ending of the game and i just i just assumed that it was uh, optional post game content gotcha. and didn't do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice. um but yeah so i'm enjoying that i'm i'm playing it more um i don't have any specific thoughts on it right now i guess um maybe later when i when, I get, when you get through the just the 10-hour demo. Yes. <laughs> and if I make it through that whole 10-hour demo, there's a good chance I'm going to actually buy the full thing. Yeah, it comes out Friday. So, yeah. <laughs> you, but, I mean, you, listeners you, can't see the face <laughs> I just made. But you, but, like, like, I you don't even know if full. you're going to – you're not even full through the 10-hour demo yet. So yeah. don't feel pressure. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just made this face of just a pure blank wide-eyed – expression of oh gosh that's that's so soon and i don't have the time for this <laughs> but um yeah so i'll i i may go in on this game which would be fun because i've never i've never actually like in i don't want to say enjoyed but i guess motivated myself through a jrpg before mm-hmm. i i tried to with like Final Fantasy I, Eight and Four. If only I could know what that's like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like Persona is the only thing that has actually gotten me to continue playing. So I. That's because it's incredible. Oh yes, absolutely. So I'm I'm happy that Dragon Quest is getting that sort of positive uh, reaction out of me. And then, uh, yeah, I, the only other thing I played. Oh wait, I played the Ori in the Blind Forest demo on the Switch. Um, oh yeah, there's a demo for that. Yep, I, I'm gonna do a lot. I, I'm probably gonna be more on the demo side of things, just trying games out until I feel like I have enough money to drop on bigger things and really dig into them. But um, demos are great. Yeah, more games should have demos. I I think every game should have a demo, straight up. But if that, you're making a game, you don't have a demo. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. But I I feel like that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, I suppose it wouldn't. It, it can only work for some games. I think it would be hard to make a demo for a game like Sayonara Wild Hearts. Well, yeah, because then you <laughs> then you're playing depending the, on the size of the demo, you might be <laughs> playing like half the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would either be way too long or so short that you would not be able to get a good enough idea yeah. of what the game was. Yeah, fair enough. Um, speaking of Sayonara Wild Hearts, that's the only other thing I played. Uh, besides Dragon Quest and Ori. So I guess I'll do quick thoughts on that. Um, I really like the soundtrack, and I really like the visuals. For what? Sayonara. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I... Do you think it's worth the money? So... How much I, was it on the Switch? So I bought it today for twelve ninety nine. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. But bad. for a game that I beat it's, in an it's hour the... and 20 minutes, I think he said... Uh, yeah, it was about when an we hour talked and a half. about it earlier. About, yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know if I can wholeheartedly say for others that that price tag is worth it, but because it's on Apple Arcade and you get the first month free, well, it's it's the price. Let of me. A... Yeah, let, I was about to say this. So when we were talking about it earlier, um, you said like it's basically an album. Uh. Ooh. And that's a comparative price to what you would pay if it was oh. just the music from the game. Yeah. 
okay, I didn't think of it that way. In that case, yeah. It's not like I, Little I Nightmares where it. that was like a $40 game and it was only like three hours. Ooh, that was fun. That's rough. <laughs> okay, then you know what? I'm going to go all in. Sayonara Wild Hearts is worth it. It's yeah. worth the $13. And if you don't want to pay the $13, at least try it out some other way. Yeah. Um, audio visual experience is fantastic. I love it. It was very pretty when I was watching him play and then I fell asleep. Yeah. It was um, hypnotizing. Yes. Uh, to the point where I sometimes forgot that I was in control of a character. So mm. I would end up getting hit by projectiles or like, like running into a wall and having to restart from an uh, earlier uh, point in the level. Or in the song, I guess I should say. Uh, uh, but, yeah, the the game is stunning to look at and listen to. Um, Gameplay-wise, it I think, I think it is enjoyable. Um, but the main, the main crux of the game is that audiovisual experience. Which again, like like I've said about four times now, uh, I I I love it. I can't get enough of it. I am going to listen to the entire album tonight and probably tomorrow. It is on Spotify. Yes, so. <laughs> which means I'm listening nice. to it on the ride home tonight. Um, but yeah, okay. If we're comparing it to the price of an album, yeah, I'd say it's worth it. Go check it out. Uh, yeah. It's on PlayStation Four, Switch, and Apple Arcade. Yep, not PC or Xbox. Yeah. Oddly enough. Uh, I would also say play it on the TV if you can. Yeah. I I played it a little bit handheld uh, when you guys started playing Borderlands. And I it it was just very hard to focus on. on and at least gameplay. if you like are playing it on your phone, probably with headphones. So yeah, you yeah I like, think oh, that would be the ideal absolutely. Uh, experience with that. Headphones, large enough screen. Yeah. And always canceling headphones if you have them. Ooh, yes. That'd be a fantastic yeah, that'd be nice. idea. So, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to play it. I'm going to probably sit down tomorrow and play it yeah. or something. There's also a little, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but like, I guess a little stinger at the end of the credits. It's like, oh, that's yeah. what that is. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, try to avoid that spoiler. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of a neat little thing. It made me really happy, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun little cameo so it's neat yeah so fun little yeah. cameo for a fun little game did you it definitely it definitely sounds really fun for sure did you play anything else guys no well okay. uh i get, i suppose i could talk a little bit about something that is also um the news from this week which is uh mario kart tour Oh yes, uh, we we did play that kind of dropped on the on iOS. I think it's only on iOS, but it, it seems like it would also be an Android. I'm not sure about that. Uh, don't don't quote me. Um, and so I played a little bit of that today. Um, how can I describe it? Uh, it's real bad. Yeah, remember how it's, I talked about um, Apple Arcade and how. It's like playing a video game and you don't have to worry about things. This is the opposite. <laughs> yes, the exact opposite. Um, it seems solely designed to get you to buy things and 
the return that you get on in like the fun that you get is non-existent. Um, this game it controls terribly. Um, I will give it some credit. Um, there are some cool original like racetracks on it, um, which is which is neat, but also you kind of just wish those were tracks on Mario Kart for Switch. Um, yeah, and the music is pretty good because it's Mario music. It's Mario Kart music, which is always which is I would say always, but it's generally good. Um, yeah, but the whole the the purpose of the game seems entirely built on the gotcha mechanic, um, and like the stuff is split up into in in one pull you can get either a driver or a cart or um whatever like the parasail uh and there's just tons of those um and the way like there's this scoring system on tracks uh and you get uh like whether you get first second or third doesn't really matter as long as you can get a high enough score to get the amount of I forget what they're called, like Ultra Shines or whatever, to yeah. unlock the next uh, circuit. Um, and the scores are based on, like, each character and cart and and uh, sale has its own individual score. And they also, depending on their level, provide boosts for you. Um, and also each track uh, has specific carts and characters and sales that get extra bonuses for them uh and so i guess the optimal way of playing this is you get to a track and you equip the character like the loadout which will get you the best um score for it but that it would require so much money to get all that stuff it's and also the each item each each piece of equipment can level up to increase like its base uh, output, but you are locked to a certain amount of level ups per day. Um, what? And so then after that, like none of your stuff can gain experience. Um, I think your overall character can still gain experience, but I'm also not a hundred percent sure on that. Um, yeah, and so it's just like gates at every opportunity for them to get you to use this gotcha mechanic. Um, and that's, and that's, that's before you even get into a race when you're in the race. Um, so this is a Mario Kart game designed to be like the game is designed to be held vertically and it's designed to be played with one finger. Yeah. Um, so you can just based on that premise, you're not going to expect the controls to be super precise. Uh, and they aren't. They're very loose. They're way out. And it's like, and it's so weird because, but even beyond that, the the racing could still be fun, but it just feels so inert. Like there's no, um, it, it, there's none of that sense of excitement that you get playing even just regular Mario Kart, um, by yourself. Um, like it doesn't, it feels like you have no real control over the outcome of the race. Um, like, no matter how quote-unquote well you're playing, like, just stuff happens, and the way 
I don't know if it's the way the rubber banding is done or just because of the speeds. Like you're always um, clumped together with all of these other people. Uh, and so it's just kind of chaos. And even that, like the items that you get, they have they have no real weight to them when you're using it. Like using mushrooms, it doesn't really feel like you go all that faster. Um, like hitting people with items, like it doesn't feel like it actually does anything to them uh i don't know it's weird it's it's kind of a mess uh and i'm not surprised because i remember when people were testing it out like months ago all the uh, they everyone said that it was not a fun game uh and then it kind of got delayed up supposedly for them to have improved this stuff but it's then it's not great. Then I, hate I would not to recommend see what downloading it was it. like before. <laughs> yeah, there are. I w- I wonder how many characters are in that. There, like I was reading something about the the drop rates of them. There are some characters in it that have like a point three percent chance of you getting them in a in a gotcha poll, which is it's that's uh, absurd. So I missed it. Did you talk about the subscription? No, I didn't. That costs That's more also than Nintendo on top Switch of this. Online. This is the weirdest thing. Um, so there's like a gold subscription that you can buy for this, which is like five dollars a month for some reason, um, and it it unlocks the 200 CC difficulty, um, which just that is sort of insane. That to get to get the highest uh, sp- speed. You have to pay extra per month for this, um, and I assume like you, it also like you get items monthly, um, and there are parts in like the progression mechanic. Like when you unlock a new circuit, there are sometimes um, like gifts that you can open that give you stuff for free, and if you have the gold subscription, you get two extra gifts in that. It's I can't. I can't understand why anyone would pay for it. It's kind of dumbfounding that it even exists. Um, I don't know. It's it's bizarre. Maybe this is me wanting to have too much faith in Nintendo, but it makes me wonder how much of this is dependent upon the make the maker of the mobile game. I don't know. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Because none of these... I'm pretty sure these aren't developed in-house by Nintendo. Um, but I also think like it's not a huge surprise. All of Nintendo's offerings have been pretty much cash grabs. Like They've been designed to make you spend money on them. Um, but this one is to like, a new extent. See, we say that, but Super Mario Run was great. Yeah, and I don't, but I I bet that that's probably the least they have made on any of these games. I guess, yeah. <sighs> I don't know. All right, let's let's take our break. Let's wind down a little bit because Mario Kart Tour is trash, and it's made me mad. <laughs> like it's actually, I'm a little little tilted. Um, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about news and we won't keep you here too long, we promise. We'll be back. 
And we're back. Thanks for holding on. We appreciate it. Um, we're going to get into some of the news, which includes the, gosh, Seth uh, Forrest. I forget what these things are called. PlayStation. PlayStation Something. Direct. State of Play. State of Play. PlayStation <laughs> State of Play. Yep. Uh, which uh, there's a lot of great gifts on the internet of uh, basically Sony just copying Nintendo's homework uh, with because they yeah, do the not transitions. As yeah, but, it was remarkably similar. Yeah. So, I mean, let let's talk about this. Famously, David was bad and not good at Last of Us, so nowhere is it on uh, his radar like it is on other people's. But Last of Us Part Two is coming out. Yes, uh, we finally. It's, it seems like it's been forever since we have heard anything about this game. Um, that's because Sony didn't do an E3. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I guess it was. So it was. Yeah, last E3 was basically the last time they showed us anything. Yep. Um, now this was at the end of the state of play, of course, but it is the big headliner. Uh, we got a release date for it, which is. Um, February 21st of next year. Um, so closer than we thought, I think. Um, and, but there was a big trailer showing off a lot of Ellie and what seemed to be her motivations, uh, and that, uh, her romantic interest, uh, getting killed seemingly very early in the game. They fridged her girlfriend. Yeah. Um, for the second time. the biggest reveal at the end of it joel was in it he shows up uh which was great to see it so why seemed like is that everyone reveal well it's just the, he, he wasn't in any of the other stuff and everyone okay. just kind of assumed yeah. he was dead yeah the previous marketing didn't show a single lick of him i'm pretty sure was there danger that he died in last of us not um not really like at the end of it he went depending on what you did i think because i'm i'm pretty sure it was a choice but he went to go live in this little safe village with Ellie uh, and then when we saw the first re- reveal of the stuff it was if it was the same village like Joel was nowhere to be found um, and even in this trailer there was a guy in it earlier um, who who looked like he might have been taking Joel's place um, like gameplay wise uh, but it's just that he he wasn't in it. He, like, there was no references to him in any of the stuff they had shown or talked about or in any of, like, Ellie's dialogue in the trailers. Um, and then he shows up, and she was, like, super surprised to see him. Uh, and so that, that was good to see because, uh, I mean, the games are about Ellie for sure, but it wouldn't be the same experience without Joel, I don't think. I can give you that, yeah. Okay. So I mean, and there's clearly going to be there's clearly some emotional weight behind what is going to be going on. Like, there's got to be a reason why they, the two of them, would have uh, separate gone separate ways. Um. So yeah, but that was that was good to see. I, unlike you guys, have actually played through all of The Last of Us. <laughs> I, it took me a while, but I I finally got around to it. Yeah, I I, I want to note I tried. Okay. That game did not want me to play it. I played a I don't chunk know. of it. Stealth. I don't know where I left off. Stealth. It's well, <laughs> if you want to give it a new shot, and if any of you listeners that have, haven't played there, 
played it, but happen to have a PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Plus, uh, it's going to the Last of Us remaster is going to be on it in October, presumably because uh, to get people to play it ready and to get them ready for the sequel. Yep, I might play it on baby mode to baby McBaby mode so that I can <laughs> at least experience the story. <laughs> see what all these people are talking about. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't remember it being hard. Well, I'm bad at. I don't. I also games. don't know what difficulty I played it on. Yeah. I think I might have uh, not on baby mode, but I'm pretty sure I had it on one of the lower difficulties because I wanted to just more experience the story. Yeah. I, it it'll be weird going back to it because the game is designed in a way that games today are not designed, whereas um, like games today sort of demand that you explore everything uh if you do that what i from what i recall like it would it stuck out to me playing that game it like it is not designed for you to, to explore every nook and cranny because there is like a lot of stuff is just empty uh, yeah and then at that point you're just kind of wasting resources if you had yeah. to you know shoot a few bullets or anything yep which i guess sort of jibes with the um this, the idea, like the the basis of the storyline and and the whole tone of the game, it is a, uh, it's about surviving. So with that, they also did a they announced the medieval demo for now next month. No, I think it's out now. Uh, and you get an exclusive weapon in the game if you play the demo. Uh, I'm very excited for this, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I never played medieval. I played a lot of it and the Jam Pack demo back in the day when, nice. you know, Jam Pack still existed. Yeah. Yep. They also revealed this game called Humanity, which I don't even know how to describe it. It seems like you control this giant army of people uh, across, like, physics-based <laughs> platforming puzzles and also uh, with and laser fights with other armies of people. Do you remember that one um, tech demo? I think it was for the GameCube. That was like Mario 127 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so, Mario 128. 128. Was the... I was so close. Um, I I was watching the Sony State of Play. It's, it's and, 64 times 2 for us. Yeah, it's uh, not that hard. Oh, uh, that's a good way to remember it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the knowledge drop. That was that was the whole point of it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> but anyways, I I saw this trailer for Humanity, and all I could think of was, is this Mario One Twenty Eight? But yeah, also Lemmings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that yeah, that was weird. I I don't want to watch that trailer again, just because it, it made me feel weird seeing yeah everything in it. I it don't was know. Strange. It was definitely strange. One of the... We also uh, got... Oh, a, go ahead. A games journalist guy was on Twitter and said, uh, oh, look, they they made a PAX East simulator. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of what I saw is <laughs> people talking about uh, conventions and how that's basically what they are. That's really good. We uh, we, So we also they also showed some other stuff, um, like... Uh, L.A. Noir on PlayStation VR for some reason. So why um, does yeah. Rockstar keep bringing L.A. Noir to stuff? I don't know. So I was I was in my living room and I had it playing on the TV and my roommate came down there and they showed it and he was like, I forget what we were talking about. Um, 
but he mentioned something about how that's an old game, and I was like, yeah, man, that came out in like 2014, and he said, is it? That's it's only that old. And then I looked. That game came out 2011. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is an eight-year-old game that Rockstar keeps putting on stuff, uh, which is weird because I don't even know if it was that successful. It it no, was but it was a cult hit though. It was a cult hit, and it cost them a lot of money. Yes. Because it uh, it was uh, there was a lot of like new technology used to make it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just weird. And I, but it did. I will say the. Playing it in VR did look more compelling than having than what the regular game looked like. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was also see, I don't know if this was previously announced, but we saw footage of the new game from the guy who made Katamari Damacy. And boy, that looks also very bizarre. Yeah. You have these playful, like shape based characters blowing each other up and eating each other. And holding hands. Honestly, I expect nothing less from <laughs> that creator. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just, it's hard to understand what exactly is going on in that. Uh, that's one you got to watch to understand, and even then, you won't you won't understand it. Uh, all right. Was there anything else in the state of play? I didn't watch it, to be honest. I watched uh, nothing. Uh, I mean, it wasn't too big. There was a Civilization VI announcement, and then they showed off the Death Stranding limited edition PS4, which is pretty cool looking. Yeah. And comes with a uh, Bridge Baby themed uh, PS4 controller, which looks pretty pretty hot. Is it a... Never mind. That was, that was <laughs> a stupid joke. I was going to say, in this PS4, does the S stand for Strand? Mm, the play, probably the play strand yeah. for yeah i would imagine nothing less that's a dumb joke it's fine uh also bold move to make a limited edition ps4 pro like 10 months before the ps5 comes out yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> people will buy it though i mean yeah. of course they will oh yeah it's a hideo sure. kojima console yep <laughs> <laughs> it's got a seal of approval <laughs> He worked on the, the design and the, <laughs> the graphics, yeah. the controller, and the handprints are probably his. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he personally signed each like little. Yeah. yeah. He put the he He's put together the to components it. on each of them. Yeah. <laughs> he programmed the circuit board. <laughs> He's, he does a lot. Yeah. He's got a lot He's on his a, plate. He's a busy man, for sure. He's he started his company with, you know, just a small loan and yep. a connection or whatever. A small yeah. two million dollar loan <laughs> and a two million yen. a couple <laughs> connections. That I love. I, I that tweet when that came out was so wild. He's like, I I started this dream with this this and a connection and it's like yeah the connection was everyone in the games industry wanted yeah. to work with <laughs> because you. they all love you yeah but also like it's weird because he put a similar tweet out in japanese and there are slight uh phrasing differences yeah it's a little less uh bombastic yeah oh, it's, a okay, little, it's, okay. a, it's a little less self-centered <laughs> yeah <laughs> but still i like to i like to think of man just like I would like to put my name on so just be like, yes, this is a David Ward tweet. Yes, like a, absolutely. <laughs> this is a David Ward creation. 
it, I imagine that's what like DJ Khaled feels like. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> Hideo Kojima and DJ Khaled are probably similar people. Not at all, but like they they put their name on things. And Jason Derulo. Every song. Well, I don't know that he's Jason is just Jason Derulo just likes to yell his name out. Yeah. Yeah. Theo style. <laughs> so the 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 state of play happened. Um Final Fantasy VII box art should probably have a part one on it, but it doesn't. That's sketchy, but it's fine. You do. I don't. Know. I don't, I don't really have an issue with that because it's going to be like a forty-plus hour game. Yeah. Um, we so, hope. I like. Hope. I'm convinced you're, you're going to be paying full price for a full game, even though it's not a full story. <laughs> but it is kind of the Midgar section was kind of a self-contained story in it in itself. Yeah. Uh. Let's see. What else do we got? Uh, Project X Cloud, the public access beta type thing, is happening next month. You can sign up on the website, and there will be four games on it: Sea of Thieves, Killer Instinct, Halo Five, and Gears Five. Hmm. So, Strange collection. Go try but that. I guess it makes sense. X Cloud. I don't get Microsoft's insistence on pushing Halo Five. <laughs> you know, well, it's Halo. It's you know it was a game. It was a game, but it like I don't know. Master Chief Collection I think deserves it more. That's that's the end of my that's the end of my little thing there. It'd probably be a lot harder to do it with Master Chief Collection because it's like five games. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's there's a lot more taxing. <laughs> it's better. So, uh, and I think the last big piece of news we have is for some reason. Uh, because console exclusivity content has to still be a thing in the year of our Lord 2019, there's a mode inside the Spec Ops area of Call of Duty Modern Warfare that is going to be exclusive to PS4 until October of next year. Yep. The survival mode. Yeah, the basically a horde mode type yeah. thing. Weird. Which, if we want to think about this game release-wise... The next Call of Duty is going to be out yeah. by then. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. So a solid 5 to 10%. You're getting 5 to 10% less of game than someone that just has a different console. Even though this game has made like humongous strides to do cross-console play. Yeah. Because you can play against people on PS4. You can play against people on PC if you have a mouse and keyboard plugged into your Xbox. You can do whatever, but God forbid if you own an Xbox or PC, you don't get 5 to 10% of the game that other people are going to get. Weird. Bonkers. <laughs> Just insane. And like, I, This is something you would expect if they were like putting it on Nintendo Switch. But that's only because... First-person shooters, or even like big AAA games, like never have all the stuff on Nintendo platforms. But this is like a completely locked-out mode. Like I have to imagine, it's probably gonna be there in the menu on the Xbox, and you it's just think. not gonna let you do it. Just taunting you for a whole year. You would think that it would be there and just be blacked out. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. It's just, it's dirty. Uh, it caused quite a uh, a stir in our Discord today 
<laughs> small pitch for joining our Discord channel. Uh, nothing really rustles Jimmy's of people like Call of Duty. And for sure. it's and uh, bad business decisions. And bad business decisions, which Activision is all about, and so is EA. Uh, two of the makers of the biggest, you know, military shooters out there. Yep. So. Yep. Um, yeah. It's, it's not really the bad business decisions that people talk about. It's more like when people rush to defend bad business decisions. Yeah. Which is course. like, man, what are you doing? It's an odd. You should be on. frustrated that yeah. you are paying $60 for less video game than other people. Yeah. And. If you're not frustrated about that, at least be frustrated that not all players are getting the same content and experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just weird. It's part of my issue with Destiny yep. that happened with Sony. And I don't know if Activision is more to blame for this or if Sony is. But it is just not good. Yep. <laughs> I... I'm kind of glad that like a lot of companies have gone gotten away from this, uh, and Activision is kind of the last holdout right now. Yeah, it's it's strange. I mean, we're always going to have console exclusive games, but this is it's a it's bizarre the way that this is happening. Yeah. But I suppose if the company is willing to pay them to do it, then anyone would do it. See, but that's my issue is that this is I don't want to like expound on this forever because it's really it could be a whole rabbit hole of a conversation is at what point do you just tell them, all right, fine, we'll just make a game just for you because you're yeah. how much Seems of like the, would be easier. How much of the game real estate are you going to buy up from someone else? Like it's, I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's it's weird, for sure. So yeah, it's there's a lot of layers to it, like a like an onion. Yep. Mm. Or a parfait. Yeah. Or an ogre. <laughs> that you is know. the second time this week someone has said that, <laughs> like, to me. I think it was me. <laughs> I, I'm. I've been on a. I haven't watched Shrek lately, but I've been on a kick of like quoting it. I don't okay. know why. Have you, have you been listening to Smash Mouth? No, because that no. could that could do it also. <laughs> I I did almost small uh, small aside. I did almost go see Smash Mouth in, at Epcot oh, because what? they were playing for free at Epcot. Oh my god! They played they played at, at UCF a couple weeks ago before uh, the the home opener. Why did you go see them? I I did not. Oh, bummer. That's I was going to, I was gonna go, uh, but I didn't have a ticket for the game, and I was like, man, do I really want to go through the the rigmarole of parking on game day and no. just to go to this concert and have to deal with <laughs> to all the stuff, no. all the stuff that goes ar- goes around, goes along that is happening around it. Um, at least you're at Disney when you're at Disney. But like, Which would I mean, I think it, if I had gone, I, it probably still would have been fun. But also, it was just like, no, I'm not doing it. I'll, <laughs> I'll stay home. Yeah. I don't blame you on that. So. All right. Well, is there any more news? Did I miss anything? Tell me. No. Got nothing. I, yeah. Me either. Um, so, uh, interact with us on our Discord. 
we're all in there, uh, you know, talking about Markel Fultz in the off-topic channel and how he's going to lead the Orlando Magic to a national championship. Uh, a national championship in the, college basketball? The, the NBA championship. No, Markel <laughs> Fultz plays for the Magic. I know, but it's not called the national championship. Yeah, I know. It's, it's called the NBA finals. I know. He's he's going to lead us there, and we're going to win. It's going to be great. It's not going to happen at all, but <laughs> I just have dreams. Um, and we're you know we're on all the social medias at Suplex the Sticks. If you check the show notes per usual, it's down there. And leave us a rating if you would. It'd be super dope, and we'd appreciate it. And we'll read them on the air uh, if you leave it. Even if it's something mean, I will read it on the air. Just give a five stars as you can put something mean and and be nice also but um with that we will see you next week adios goodbye bye